time to play. We don't, we don't have time for you to think about if you're going to do this or not, because the stroke is waiting for you down the road. And I've seen this happen too many times for you as, especially like I said, black women to say, I'm not going to do this right now. And then you come back to me and had a stroke. And I, I was like, initially I was like, oh my gosh, you know, what could I have done differently? What have I done? And I was like, I think I was being too nice. I was being too nice and trying to say, oh, well, you know, yeah, you can change this, you can change that. And so now I'm just, I'm bolder with it because I like, I've seen what's happened if you don't make these changes now. Do you believe that God wants you healthy? Then join me, Cersei Blue and Gigi Carter on the Healthy For My Purpose podcast, where we help you realize the relationship between your health and your purpose. We share how eating like Daniel can revolutionize your life. Through discussions and interviews, we challenge you to discover the powerful connection between plant-based nutrition, your body, and your faith. It's time. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Healthy For My Purpose. Uh, We're so glad to be back with you another week. Uh, Today's episode is a very good one. We sit down, Gigi and I, with Dr. Amanda Atkins, and we really dive into her personal health journey um, and how she really developed a passion for lifestyle medicine and her ability that she has had over the years to really help um, black women lose weight and lower their blood pressure. She talks a lot about how she had to switch up her approach a little bit to get through um, to some of her patients to take all of this seriously. So you're going to love her. She is so down to earth. She is passionate about what she does and she's on a mission to save lives. So without further ado, let's get into Dr. Amanda Atkins. All right. Welcome to another episode of Healthy for My Purpose. We are excited to have Dr. Amanda Atkins with us today. Um, And so we're going to jump right in. We're going to be talking about a popular topic that a lot of people struggle with um, is losing weight. Um, And Dr. Amanda Atkins, this is her area of expertise. um, So she's going to be able to give you a lot of tips and advice and lead you um, to a place where you can feel like you have control over this um, subject. So without further ado, let's jump in. Dr. Amanda, before we even get into weight loss and and how you've come to serve so many women in this area, give us a little background. Like what was your personal health journey growing up and how did you even become a doctor and and, and specialize in this area? That, that's a that's a lot there, you know. But um, so I'd say uh, I'll start with the doctor first. So I decided I wanted to become a physician when I was 12 years old in my sixth grade health class. And I always have to shout out uh, Mr. Ivy, who was a great teacher um, that actually had interactive classes. And so because of that, um, I was like, oh, I think I actually want to learn more about the human body and and actually become a physician. So he actually put um, a large um, heart on the ground and the the children walked through uh, the vascular system like they were the flow of blood. So, you know, arteries, the blood flows away from the heart, veins, uh, uh, the blood towards the heart. And so I just thought it was fascinating. No one in my family was in medicine. And so 
I did, you know, back in the day in the, that was probably the um, late 80s, uh, go to the library and look up, okay, what does a, a heart doctor do? And um, how do you go about becoming a doctor and all that kind of stuff? So I researched that and um, learned on my own. And then my grandfather found out that I wanted to become a doctor. So he took me to his um, cardiologist at the time, who was an African-American male. Um, so not seeing African-Americans, uh, physicians at all, just um, being introduced to him and him just encouraging me along the way. It was like, oh, wow, okay. Um, I can actually do this. So to see that. Um, and so now I have that role where um, other African-Americans, especially African-American women, young women see me in this role and uh, just take pride in that. And, so, and to continue to try to encourage them um, like that uh, cardiologist did for me. So um, that was the journey for uh, how to become a physician, um, why I wanted to do that. Um, but my weight loss journey started a few years later, actually when I was a freshman in high school, um, again, during a health and uh, gym class, we had to actually get on the scale and uh, during a presidential physical fitness test, and I weighed 199 pounds as a 14, 13, 14 year old. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I can't believe this. Like, you know, you look in the mirror, you can tell you're overweight, you don't feel good. But I didn't know the actual numbers at the time. And so that just kind of was a huge wake up call for me. And I was like, okay, I'm never going to let two be the first number of my weight. And um, so I was like, okay, what can I do to lose weight? And so what did I do first? I started exercising. So I would save my lunch money and buy the, you know, those uh, infomercial devices like the ab roller and the thigh master. Um, and my sisters would be looking at me like I was crazy, but I was losing weight. So I was like, this is working. Um, but then at the age of 16, I decided to become a vegetarian. And people always ask me, you know, why did you stop eating meat? And I'm like, I don't know. I just thought it was another way to try to lose weight. Um, and at the time, my dad was a meat uh, delivery truck driver. So we always had bacon, bologna, sausage, ham, um, hot dogs all, all the time around. And they're like, so your dad works for this company and you're not eating meat. I was like, yeah, that's that's how it goes. <laughs> uh, and so from that time, I have not eaten meat. And that just um, kind of pushed me into the journey of trying to find lifestyle medicine, which um, throughout my med school residency, I never ate meat. Um, I was uh, still eating like dairy and cheese. And I tell people I was the junk food vegetarian, though. Um, so a Big Mac with no meat was my go to because back in the day they did not have, you know, uh, veggie burgers and things like that at the fast food restaurants. Um, so that that's what I would do. Uh, and it's funny that one of the guys I grew up with, he actually took me to McDonald's one time and I got that. And he was like, you haven't eaten meat since that time. He was like, I remember that because I was like, are you serious? You really don't want meat on the, the Big Mac? Um, so, yeah, so that going through that. And then after um, I finished residency um, and uh, started my practice, because um, we don't learn a lot about nutrition in med school, uh, there was a nutrition course um, for continual medical education um, that Mayo Clinic was putting on in Arizona. And I was like, hmm, I always wanted to go to Arizona. Let me go here. And the, one of the doctors there said, you cannot out-exercise a bad diet. And so I was like, hmm, okay. So I've been, you know, thinking all this time, I just can eat what I want and, you know, exercise and it'd be okay. Um, but from that time, I was like trying to figure out what was he actually talking about? Because I was like, I was just there to enjoy the sunshine. So after that, after that, I was trying to, uh, coming back 
um, trying to figure it out. And one of my patients actually told me about Dr. Joel Furman, who wrote the book Eat to Live. And I, I got that book at that time. And I'm like, this is what he was talking about. And then later on, I actually came back in contact with one of the doctors and uh, that was there and, and um, learned about more plant-based nutrition and then led me to lifestyle medicine because I was internal medicine managing like heart disease, diabetes, high blood pressure, uh, high cholesterol, and um, learning about lifestyle, things that you can do to actually help um, get rid of medications or reverse or, get, or not even be on medications um, was a great uh, selling point for me because I don't like medications. My patients didn't want to be on medication. Um, so I just, you know, continue to dive deeper into that. And now um, my mission is to get the word out, especially to the African-American community, that what we do um, as far as our nutrition, um, exercise, lifestyle, stress, sleep, all that plays a huge impact on our health. And um, you have control and you can make a difference. Yeah. So how long have you been a uh, whole food plant-based personally? So that was about 2016. So what is that? About seven years now. Okay. So from 16 up to 30 something, you know, vegetarian. And then, um, and I didn't do it after reading Dr. Furman's book, which you'd think I would, but it was more of, oh, I went, um, uh, with a program, my um, running group, Black Girls Run, they did a program with a um, nutritionist and um, she had a vegan week that you had to do and uh, like really listen to your body. How did it feel to take these things away? And I already knew that eggs didn't agree with me. Um, and then cheese, I was like, that was the hardest thing to give up because I loved like pizza, really, um, cheese pizza. Um, but then just realizing how I felt if I tried to go back and eat those things, I'm like, oh no, it just doesn't feel right. Um, and then also able to come off Coca-Cola at the time, because I was like, I was an avid Coca-Cola drinker. I would track the sales um, at the stores to know um, how much it would be in like stock up. And I have not drank Coke since that time, because a lot of people ask me about soda and things like that. And it's just like one day at a time. And, and just from that point on, it's just like, okay, like today is another day. You're not going to eat uh, eggs. You're not going to eat dairy. You're not going to eat, uh, drink Coca-Cola. What's going on next? Yeah. You know, I can totally relate to that because cheese was my last hang up as well. <laughs> and, um, and also I can relate to black girls run because I, that's when I started running, um, I hooked up with black girls run in Jackson, Mississippi. And, mm just made a lot of friends, some of which, um, you know, have act, are actually a part of our program today mm -hmm. and um, our Facebook group. And it's been so exciting to just see the influence of that. I don't want to digress too much, but I just want to mm -hmm. just a little honorable shout out and mention the Black Girls Run. They're just doing yes. so much good um, for Black women. Yeah, that's awesome. So Dr. Acton, so tell us how you started to transition from, you know, I saw that you were making your own life changes. How did that transition to now helping women and what was some of the resistance? Like, how did that all evolve for you there? So it, it came out because more patients were asking me, like, okay, I have to do another medication. Is there something else I can do besides medication? And then I'm like, oh, a matter of fact, there is. 
And um, I would just tell them like a brief, brief blurb about what they could do. And because in a 15, 20 minute office visit, you don't have time to go deep into actually lifestyle changes, unfortunately, the way the medical system is set up. Um, and so because of that, I'm like, oh, well, maybe I can do, you know, wellness coaching and things like that on the side to where I can actually talk about this more in depth and actually get work patient, with patients or clients one-on-one um, outside the exam room and give them information. Um, and a lot of people were more receptive to that because they're like, okay, yes, because you just tell me to go eat healthy and exercise. Every doctor tells me that and I still don't know what to do. <laughs> so, so that was it. But the resistance, um, some for me was, okay, I'm already a physician, uh, now a wife, um, later on now a mom, and I'm like the time to do it. Um, and then also I'm an introvert, like in the exam room, I'm like, okay, I'm Dr. Amanda, I can do this. But otherwise I'm like Amanda and Amanda likes to go in the corner and read a book and just chill and not talk. So <laughs> yeah, so it's amazing to see like my family, they're like, oh my gosh, you're actually going out and talking to people? Like my, my dad, especially, like he's, he's like, I can't believe it. I could hardly get you to say a word to say hi to someone. And now you're out, you know, talking. But of course they're very proud. And now they want me to come and talk to, <laughs> to their <laughs> friends and family and stuff all the time too. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. But you know, I, you said something and I want to just go back to that. A lot of people go into their doctor's office and they, you know, they, the doctor will just leave them with this concept of go and exercise and lose weight. And a lot of times they come out of there not knowing, okay, where do I start? What do I do? And if you talk to a lot of people, they've tried so many different things and they feel like weight loss is one of those things that they just can't beat, you know? So what are, what would you kind of tell women that are trying to lose weight, trying to get their blood pressure down? but they're struggling because they've tried so many different diets that failed. Um, and they're almost coming into this, like, uh, this is just another thing. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I do get that, um, resistance also too, where people are like, oh gosh, another diet I have to make. So the first thing I emphasize is that it's not a diet. We want to make lifestyle changes. So, um, it's not where you have to go hundred percent in, say this for weight loss. Oh, I'm going to talk about high blood pressure in a minute, but um, for weight loss and to, to learn what your body actually likes. So I usually tell them first, let's look at what you're eating. And then what can we decide that we can take out or replace that will actually help you to where you feel like you're not deprived um, and you still can go on. Okay. Then I tell them, okay, so now you have that information. Now we have to figure out what is it inside of you and I call it um, the conviction that I had that I saw that too. Um, I didn't want two to be the first number of my weight. Um, and then also my family suffering from obesity as they got older and what happened to them. So those are my two things that whenever I want to go off track, I always like think about that. Like, okay, is it really worth me, you know, eating chicken or worth me um, eating cake and ice cream all the time. Now I will say I eat cake and ice cream sometimes. I'm not like 100% um, good all the time, but um, am, am I able to get back on that journey that I know where I want to be long-term? So if they don't have that second part, no matter what we do, it's not gonna work because it's always gonna be like, oh, I'm tired of doing this. I'm tired of meal prepping. I'm tired of not being able to eat what my friends eat and all that kind of stuff. Cause that's, that's usually why people go back. It's not that it doesn't work. It's that, that they don't have that 
um, I don't like to say motivation, but I still like to say conviction deep inside for them to keep going. And I cannot tell them what that is. I try to help pull that out for themselves um, so they can actually have that. Um, so I have a patient that now is uh, about to be a grandmother. And I was like, okay, so you want to see your grandkids have kids, right? So every time you go and decide, I don't want to eat healthy, I don't want to exercise, I don't want to, you know, decrease my stress, whatever it may be that's tripping them up. So think about that grandchild that's like, man, I wish my grandmother was here to help me out. And that usually kind of, you know, goes deep for, you know, women. Um, but again, you ha it has to be personalized to that person because otherwise in general, it, it won't hit them in a, in a certain way. So we can take steps that way and then adjust their lifestyle and their diet um, after they have that conviction for themselves. Now for high blood pressure, um, I try to go a little bit harder on them if they're, <laughs> if they're really out of control. So like, we don't have time to play. We don't, we don't have time for you to think about if you're gonna do this or not, because the stroke is waiting for you down the road. And I've seen this happen too many times for you as, especially like I said, black women to say, I'm not gonna do this right now. And then you come back to me and had a stroke. And I, I was like, initially I was like, oh my gosh, you know, what could I have done differently? What have I done? And I was like, I think I was being too nice. I was being too nice and trying to say, oh, well, you know, yeah, you can change this, you can change that. And so now I'm just, I'm bolder with it because I like, I've seen what's happened if you don't make these changes now. And I mean now, like yesterday now. So um, they're, they're um, a little bit more open to hearing me when I talk like that, because usually I'm like, oh, laid back, jokey, jokey. And then, you know, my face straight. No, we, we can't do this. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not letting another black woman come in here with me after having a stroke because we didn't change something. Um, so so that, that's how I uh, come, and it, like I said, it depends on what you're coming to me with of how I approach it. Um, and, and it just comes with experience. Um, as you heard that, it, I just wanna, you know, come bolder for people to actually see them make the change. And usually that hits home more. And I always like to stress too, again, that you don't have to be 100% perfect all the time, but that you're moving in the direction to where you should go and you will definitely see a difference. Um, and then once you start to see the difference, then that's your own reinforcement to keep going. Once you feel better, your medication's less, um, your blood pressure is better, your weight's starting to come down, uh, you're starting to feel better. And so you'll continue to do it. Yeah, it's it, it very much is a dose response relationship. The more adherent you are, the more you're going to see the benefits of it. And I like to use the analogy that you, you know, that sense of urgency that you um, talked about with hypertension in particular it, cause you just don't know when it's going to happen. It's kind of like an earthquake. Mm -hmm. You just don't know when it's going to happen. It's just going to happen. And versus a, uh, a hurricane, like you see it coming, they start creating the cone yeah. for me. That's kind of like obesity. Um, you see the cone it's coming towards you, you know, that's you know, and so you can kind of, you have a little time to kind of get your head wrapped around it to then implement the change. At some point it's going to come. You just mm -hmm. have to kind of prepare for it. Um, you know, I think, you know, the other thing is that a lot of times, um, well, no, this is the question I was going to ask you. I'll save that other one for later, but I know that you're a woman of faith and I'm curious to know how has your faith factored into both 
you know, your personal, you know, decision to move into this space of helping women and, and how does that factor into the women you help? Yes. Yeah, so, so that's big. So like I said, I'm uh, Amanda that likes to be in the corner and not um, talk much. And after I started to make my own lifestyle changes, the Lord placed upon me is like, okay, I brought you here. And there was a lot of journeys that could have stopped me from being a physician, one. And so it's like, so you saw all those ways I made for you. It wasn't for you. It was for you to go and help someone else. And I need my women especially Christian women to be healthy so they can actually go to battle for me. Cause I was seeing people in the church growing up and like, why are they all, you know, overweight? Why are they always sick? Why are they all have diabetes? Why? Like even my pastor growing up, like I was uh, a senior in high school died. And I just realized now that he was all in his forties. You know, when you're younger, you think they're like a lot older. And I was like, oh my gosh, he was my age when he died, like my age now when he died. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, um, I, I can't believe that that's, you know, what was going on at the time. So it's like, yes, I'm showing you all that because I'm tired of my people dying because they're not taking care of their, their temple that I gave them. And so when I can come at it from that angle, then women, um, Christian women are more apt to hearing it um, because they know they have that faith themselves. And it's not just, oh, I have faith that God's going to heal me. No, you have to do some things. Faith without works is dead, right? So we have to, we have to do it, you know? Um, so it's helped me in my message um, and to actually, as I continue on, um, I get, again, bolder and bolder to just say it straight out and not be like, oh gosh, what are they going to say? Because I know they're having a fish fry next week and I'm going to come and tell them that they don't need to eat that, <laughs> you know? So Oh, that that's bigger, you know, because that that really um, that really kind of gets me there when I go and talk and I'm like, OK, don't have fried chicken as the lunch. <laughs> like I said that recently to people, they're like, no, we're going to make sure that we, you know, get plant based things for people so they can try it and see how it is and know that it's not like tastes like cardboard and it can be flavorful and that can be healthy and good. So so that's big for me. Um, I continue to, um, you know, pray and meditate to go deeper myself so I have a better understanding because I, I don't have it all. Even before coming on today, I'm like, Lord, just give me the words to say to help whoever's listening. Because, um, again, Amanda, Amanda wants to go in the corner. <laughs> you're, you're stepping out in faith with courage to, to get out of your comfort zone to do what God's called you to do. And uh, we absolutely love and applaud that wholeheartedly. So thank you for being here and doing that. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes, that's so good. And so you talk a lot about, you know, if they don't have their why, it's not going to stick. Um, and a lot of times you're, you're right, like a lot of people think it's about mastering the habits. But if your why is not rooted, those habits tend to kind of fall away. So talk a little bit more about, um, about that process of just developing your why and, and, and how that unfolds and helping people actually stick to it. Do you have stories where women have actually reversed their blood pressure, lost the weight? Maybe tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Yeah, so uh, uh, blood pressure first, I'll start with that. So I had um, a five-day program that I would have people uh, start with with just an introduction to, you know, 
plant-based eating and call it a detox. So they would think that, you know, oh, I'll come to, you know, go on this little diet and lose weight and see how I feel. Um, and a lady, you know, came in and did that and she started to feel good. Then she would always go back to what she was doing before after a while. And then she would come back to the next program, do good, then go back. So then I actually started working with her one-on-one -on -one, um, to actually help with blood pressure. And so every week we'll go in and say like, what are you doing? What are you eating? What's uh, exercising? And then stress and sleep was a big one for her. And I was like, okay, what are we going to do about that? Um, because I think that's what's holding you back. She likes to uh, snack late at night, things like that, and uh, see what was going on. Like, why are you snacking? What's going on? So the stress was a big factor for her. And so she didn't realize that. She thought it was just, oh, I'm, I'm not eating good. I keep going back. But I was like, okay, no, it's the stress. Um, so let's figure out why you're having the stress and then try to reverse that. So she worked deeper on that um, and then realized that what she wanted was not just to get off medication, but be able to actually be around for her young children that were still in the house. Um, and then once she started to feel better and started actually going out with her um, daughter who was in track, and actually not just walk with her, but actually start to uh, run and jog a little bit with her. It like, it something clicked in her own brain that she's like, okay, now I know what it means to actually change this and I wanna stick with it. Again, not a hundred percent, but she's more like 80, but she's always adding more fruits and vegetables to every single meal. She's always making sure she's exercising, making sure she's getting her sleep and um, making sure that she's recognizing when that stress comes on and when she's maybe just sitting in front of the TV, why she may not grab what she used to grab because she's like, I know I don't need that at the time. So it, it, that took a while to like really dig deep into what was going on for her and why she was doing certain things. Even though she came to the program and was doing the stuff during the five days, it wasn't until we like worked one-on-one -on -one to really figure out what was going on, what was holding her back. So now her blood pressure is very good. It used to be in the 140s over 90s. Now it's like 120s over 70s um, without like additional medication, just with the lifestyle changes. Um, so I was so happy to see and hear that when she reported back. Um, so that just always brings joy to my heart. Um, the uh, one with a different lady with um, weight loss, um, she was struggling with weight loss. Um, she was able to like lose a lot of weight um, with a lot of exercising and she was doing a lot of calorie restriction and so anytime that she had to count calories she said that was a trigger for her um, whenever she tried to do it again um, so that was something that she was trying to get out of that restrictive mindset and so coming through my program you know we don't count calories we say you know you can eat all of these things in this certain category each year you're full and all that kind of stuff and so that freed her up. And now she's able to meal prep like a champ and uh, keep the weight off um, because she doesn't feel restricted. Um, and she's, uh, she says she's like, people ask, are you um, vegan? She's like, I'm 80% vegan. But so, so she still eats a few things. So I always tell people like, even like working with me, if you don't feel like you want to do it 100%, there, there are people that are there that are not doing it 100%, they're still seeing success in some manner. So I don't want that to deter you because you're still healthier. So her mindset is better. Like I said, her weight is staying off. She's not influencing her family, her especially her husband to do better. And so just hearing those things keeps me inspired to keep going and you know talking with women and helping them along the way. 
All right. Nice. Thank you for that. And tell me, where are you like seeing clients? Are you licensed to practice medicine? Like if somebody were listening here and they're like, Hey, I want to, I want to schedule some time with, with Dr. Amanda, how would, where, where are you licensed and how would they do that? So I'm licensed in three States, um, California, Tennessee, Indiana. Um, I do health and wellness coaching on, on every single state all over the world. So I can do that. So usually that's how I uh, bring people in. I have them, you know, book a consult call on my website and then we talk and see if we'll be a good fit. And then we set up the program to where you can work with me one-on-one more on the, the wellness coaching side, just so we don't break any laws with the licensure and all that kind of stuff. So if they have any like medical things that I feel that they need to go back to their doctor for, we definitely let them know that. So they know that they still need to see, you know, their primary care physician and get um, all the care they need that way. Yeah. So do you work with um, physicians in those locations where you're not licensed to help the, your client slash patient? I have, I have not yet. Okay. Um, But uh, if I get someone in a state, because most I'm, I'm from Indiana, I lived in Tennessee and I currently live in California. So that's where most of my people are. So that's why I got Got licensed in those states. (laughs) (laughs) so so that that's where all my people have been so far so if I ever get someone outside I'm actually in a group of physicians um actually mostly are women but um that and I know people other lifestyle medicine physicians in different areas so I definitely can still you know network and put them with someone if I were able to get someone out if I ever got someone outside of those states so I'm welcoming them all still you can all come and you'll steer them in the right direction where you yes. need. Yes. Got it. Okay, yes. cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, so one of, the, one of the things that we talk about, um, we always talk about breaking our addiction to food um, in, in our Healthy Christian Woman Boot Camp. Um, talk a little bit about our, you know, what you've been seeing when it comes to weight loss and obesity in terms of people just being attached to making their food a certain way culturally or just being addicted to certain foods and things like that. What is your experience with that? So with that, I'm going to talk about my own experience with Coca-Cola since you heard that I was addicted to Coca-Cola. So um, from childhood, I can remember when I started drinking Coke, but it was, you know, something that was there. Um, People were always like, you like that? Um, Because Coke is very strong. Um, Coca-Cola, I always have to say Coca-Cola so people know I'm not talking about the uh, other drug, um, compared to, to like Pepsi. So um, I was like, Pepsi just is sugar, um, even though Coca-Cola is too, but I was like, I like that. And I was, I love that taste. But what I realized as I was um, going through that detox program with the nutritionist is that I was using that to cover up what the other foods were doing to me. So I would drink that because the eggs made me feel, like I said, kind of queasy. Or if I had, um, I don't know if it was like a burger or something and and it would just make my stomach feel not right. So I was drinking that to kind of like ease that up or I would drink it because I felt stressed. And I would, I remember even telling my sister, calling her after a day of work, oh, it's a Coca-Cola type of day, girl. That's what I would say. And so those types of things. So I had to recognize my own triggers of what was causing me to drink that um, and not to say, okay, I'm like, I have to have it. I'm, I'm addicted to that because I was using it as a crutch for something else. So once I recognized that, then I could stop it. Okay. 
um, one of my clients actually recognized that she felt like she was addicted to candy or sugar, um, which sugar is a big, big, big one for a lot of people um, because it hits a, a, per, a part of the brain that's like a drug, like it hits that. And so they get that pleasure. Um, and then on their taste buds, they feel like it's so it's so hyper, um, it's so extra in there and it just like explodes in their mouth. So they get this like euphoric type feeling. They're like, oh yes, you know, I have to have that. I want that feeling. Um, but if they realize what they're doing it for and why, and that it's, you know, their body doesn't need it, then a lot of people are like, okay, what am I doing? What can I do differently? And then what can I replace instead? Um, there's a book called The Pleasure Trap where um, people are always eating um, things that are highly processed, high in fat, sugar, and salt, um, that kind of reprograms their taste buds and their food doesn't have any flavor. So if we start out, like I use my daughter as an example. So I was feeding her plant-based stuff from, you know, ever since she started eating solid food. Um, and so she loved having like the fruits. She still loves the fruits and, you know, just like vegetables and things like that. But then my husband introduced her to like ice cream and now she's like, oh, I don't, I don't, I want ice cream. I don't want to eat that fruit all the time. And so trying to like now reprogram her to see that, you know, fruit has a good amount of sugar in itself that is sweet enough. And that's that natural, that natural sweetness that our body can handle without going overboard. So again, I try people recognize what are their triggers first? Why are you doing it and see what we can replace with it so you don't feel like you have to have a certain thing. Um, now, as far as culturally, that's definitely a, a bit of a difference. So you would have to look at, you know, what you're eating, how you're preparing it. And nowadays they have a lot of, especially uh, soul food, um, different cookbooks that you can actually change uh, your um, recipes to make them more healthy. Um, and my mom has done this a lot, um, especially seeing that I'm plant-based. She even, you know, gave me a few cookbooks and uh, she actually starts to change some of the things that we would have um, at Thanksgiving and things like that to make them more healthy. Um, sweet potatoes was a big one because people would just add, she would add like a lot of butter and brown sugar. Um, and now she uses like um, um, a different type of spice. Uh, I think it's a five, um, five Chinese spice or something like that and just uses that and like, we like it just as well. You know, you don't have to have all that extra fat and sugar on there. So these are different things. You just have to be conscious of it and, and actually want to change to know, cause there's a lot of different things you can do. Um, I'm not a chef, I don't like to cook. So I'll like, put that on someone else, my sister and my, my mom to look up stuff and change that for me and then let me know. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So before we close out, I really wanna just talk to the woman that's listening, because I you mentioned something that I really connected with when you said it's one thing if somebody comes in for obesity that you can like Gigi calls it the hurricane coming, but then there's another thing when we have the earthquake. I want you to speak to the woman who's in the earthquake situation, who's diagnosed with high blood pressure, who has the obesity, who may even gone to the doctor and had you know something is some kind of issues are going on can you speak to that person who's in that earthquake zone on what's the urgency of them needing to change their health now because i think you're so right sometimes we have a lot of conversations around the hurricane lifestyle 
but we need to talk to the earthquake today. And I, mm -hmm. I just want you to kind of speak to that woman that might be listening who needs to lose weight and needs to get her blood pressure down. What would you say to her? Yes. So first, again, I would go back to what is, um, what are you living for? Like what, what are your long-term, what do you, where do you see yourself? Um, cause especially with high blood pressure, like I said, with stroke being right there around the corner, what, what are we going to do if you have a stroke? And most people think, oh, if I have a stroke, I'll die. No. What happens if you live, but can't, can't live. Right. So that, that is the most devastating thing. And I think people are, are very afraid of that, that they don't necessarily speak to it that you're there, you're living, you see other people doing things that you plan to do, but you can no longer do them because unfortunately you had a stroke and you're, you're sitting in the bed, you're, you're now having your kids care for you at a young age when you should be helping them care for their children. So we, we don't want that, right? You don't want that. You can see that, you can feel that, you, you know someone who's been in that situation. So let's change it now. We, we, we want we want it to change now. Thank you for that. Well, Dr. Atkins, it was great speaking with you. Um, we'd love to have you back maybe on a cook and chat, even though I know you said you don't love cooking, but maybe in another capacity, um, we'd love to have you um, fellowship with us, with our ladies in some way, shape or form in the future. But it was a pleasure um, speaking with you. So just before we close out, where can everyone find you on social media or what's your contact information? So um, social media, Dr. Amanda Atkins, and it's spelled A-D-K-I-N-S, um, not the other way. And then you can find me on my website at www.dramandafd.com. And that has all my information there. Awesome. And we'll include that in the show notes as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Healthy for My Purpose podcast. We hope you enjoyed the community and are walking away empowered and encouraged to live your healthiest life for your God-ordained purpose. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram to enjoy fellowship with like-minded women. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this on iTunes. Until we meet again, keep honoring your body for your purpose.